welcome to the Training Design Podcast, approximately 45 minutes of tips and insights for practical training design with me, Sheridan Webb of Keystone Development and Training. And me, Terry Pierce of 360 Learning Design. In this episode, we're going to be talking about why you should embrace technology in designing face-to-face workshops. We're going to be sharing some of our experiences of using technology in training design in practice and how it's worked. We're going to be looking at a range of apps and other technology to replace some of the things that traditionally happen in classrooms like flip charts, discussions, case studies, evaluation forms, and some of the more traditional chalk and talk or just talking heads at the front type training methods. Uh, We're going to be looking at some of the objections and uh, why people don't always feel comfortable using new technology when they're designing training and we're going to be giving lots and lots of practical tips of how to get started with using more technology in your design. Okay thanks Terry how are you today? Yeah I'm doing pretty well I've had a a week so far of uh, getting stuck into what I love which is training design. Fantastic. Glad to hear it. I've had a very mixed week myself. Um, um, I'm, I'm, my big design day is tomorrow, having um, supported um, a training delivery yesterday. So really good mix for me. So this week, I am really excited to talk about our topic, which is embracing technology in workshop design, because I'll be honest with you, it's something that um, I don't know a great deal about, and I'm very excited about, but also a little bit nervous of. And I know it's something that um, you're perhaps further along the learning curve than I am, Terry. So what do you mean when we think or talk about embracing technology in workshop design? Well, for me, it's a, a lot about the fact that there's a lot of technology that's been developed over the past 5, 10, 15 years uh, that is not really always making its way into the classroom, uh, into the training room. And I think uh, you know, people are using things that they trust. Uh, they're using uh, flip charts. They're using PowerPoint uh, presentations. They're using handouts um, because they trust them, because they know them. And, and that technology, you know, it's almost like we're, we're waiting for it to kind of jump up and announce itself. But actually, it is out there. It's a question of building it into the way we design training courses. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. You're right. I think it's perhaps one of the things that's crept upon us, um, like you say, rather than just arriving with a big bang. So, yeah. So the technology is out there, but and like you say, we, we're still using um, tried and tested techniques that have stood the t- stood the test of time, if you like. So, persuade me. Why do I need to embrace technology in my learning design? Um, well, I think there's two big reasons. Uh, the first is for uh, how it appears, how, how it kind of presents itself. I think for me, you know, anything that's not training room based, you know, online learning obviously is, is, is already a, a good way along the way to embracing technology. You know, it's already, it's already kind of baked into it. Um, so, and, and you, you, do, you already got these questions. I think we, we've mentioned it before around, you know, is uh, face-to-face uh, training room based learning, is it, is it, is it appropriate for, for kind of modern times? And I think, you know, if we are still doing things the way we did five, 10, 15 years ago, it's, it's harder to say, yes, we are still relevant. This is, this is still worthwhile stuff. I think, you know, people expect uh, to see something a little bit different, a little bit, uh, you know, more in tune with what they're doing day in, day out as they go and using the smartphones and the web, uh, you know, at home and at work. So that's the first thing I think, appearances, uh, how, how it appears to people, how it appeals to people. Um, yeah. 
for me, the second one is just taking advantage of the opportunities. Um, you know, this isn't just about doing it because it's, it's shiny. It's doing it, it's, it's, it's using it because it's going to make it uh, easier for people to do certain things that we want them to do. So learn things uh, to suit different people's learning styles to, uh, you know, just, just uh, these are tools. Um, you know, we've got to work out the best way to use them as training designers, but um, if we work out the best way to, to use any of them, then that's going to give us a whole new avenue of how we make sure that people are leaving the training room with, with, uh, with useful learning. Mm. That's really interesting, actually, because you, you said there's, we're already using them, particularly for online learning. And I, what really sort of jumped out at me is then, yes, we and, and I design blended learning programs, as I know that you do. But for us, blended kind of means um, we have that bit which is in that style and then we have that bit which is in that style. So it's actually a piecemeal quite often um, with some technology based stuff and then some face to face stuff rather than it being truly blended. Um, and maybe, well, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying maybe that it's time that we actually truly started to blend and bring some of that technology into the classroom. As we're always saying with the online learning, we should be supplementing that with face-to-face -face conversations. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, not not in every single case. I'm not saying, saying throw the baby out with the bathwater, but um, I think certainly not having any kind of inbuilt resistance to it. Yeah. And I think as well, listening to what you're saying, it's um, the technology been around long enough now for it not to be new and scary to the mm. vast majority of people in the training room, whereas maybe 10, even five years ago, it was perhaps too big a risk. Mm. So just can you give me paint me a picture and tell me about how you've actually used this successfully um, before, Terry? Yeah, I think one of the project that I was most pleased to be involved in recently was with a client that had already developed an app uh, for use in the training room, which was, I think it was a great opportunity to try and design the training around that. So the app was really about trying to make sure that learning was uh, always linked to actions, to, to practical steps that people were taking, um, and also to facilitate some of those actions that people recorded and decided on in the session to link those uh, to uh, you know, actually, fo actual follow-up. Uh, so, that, so what they, what we do instead of that kind of standard section uh, that you often have, where okay, we've just looked at a big area, we've got a few learning points from it. Let's jot them down on an action plan somewhere on paper. Yep. They had something there in the in the app where they could do that uh, immediately, in a way that wasn't just going to sit on a piece of paper somewhere, but that actually they could interact and comment on each other's learning points. Uh, they could do a bit of, you know, accountability partnership uh, through the okay. app. They could make sure that they were kind of following up on each other's or uh, where possible kind of working on together. Um, there's facility from the app for them to, uh, you know, share some of that with their manager and their manager to um, follow up with them on progress um, to get uh, push reminders afterwards about, you know, uh, how, how they were doing on some of those actions. So just really kind of bringing it to life and taking advantage of that technology rather than you know, just relying on people to, to go back to those paper uh, actions or, um, or, 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 or kind of just, just remember them. Um, yeah. So the design of that was, <clears throat> was really, really nice uh, to do. I, I really enjoyed it because you know, it was able to kind of build that in at various points and, and make links to it and, and give the, uh, the facilitator the kind of instructions of, of how to, to you know, really put that app to the fore of things and, and make people kind of embrace that in their learning. Yeah, that's really interesting because I was listening to you. The, the cynic in me is thinking, well, you can do all that without an app. However, um, 
what you have made me think about is that yes we can do all of that in the training room we can get we can share our action plans we can have a discussion about it but uh, as you alluded to there those action plans those flip charts they they get forgotten they get left behind in the training room um, as soon as people walk out of the room they haven't got them with them necessarily so I can actually see in that instance where the app um, may just add that little bit extra um, that perhaps we wouldn't get from more traditional means. So a sort of a continuous action planning um, uh, format, I suppose, for want of a better word. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also kind of helping it then to, to helping the training, the learning to integrate more with, uh, with you know, evaluation and follow up and monitoring and reporting. Um, so, you know, that, that integration between what the learners are getting out of it, but also in, you know, uh, us justifying our time, uh, you know, with, with the design and with the, with the, with the training sessions. Mm. Anything else? Any other sort of variations of um, unusual tech in the training room? We're not just talking about, you know, introducing a YouTube video or something. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit, uh, I think uh, today about some of the easy ways that, uh, people can, Get involved in this because obviously uh, and i'm aware that not everybody is going to have the resources uh the, the funds necessary to uh to, to create an app like that that was that there was kind yeah. of proprietorial that's not just one out there, out there that you can go down and download but there are a lot of apps out there that for various price levels uh, you can get involved in or you know the, the, there's definitely the stuff that's that's kind of easy to to put in place so i'll just give you one more one more story of something that i've been working with which the the happy sheets the evaluation forms at the end um sure and uh you know one working on one contract where instead of doing those on paper um we've uh, got it on a uh online form and all the people in the session do is point their cameras on their smartphones at uh the qr code which i show at the front and then that allows them that just takes them straight to the uh the online form which they just fill out on their smartphone and I think, you know, what, what we, what, uh, that's one where I've been designing and then facilitating on the, on the sessions as well. And what I, what I found when facilitating it is that actually people uh, are quite happy to do that. They're embracing that. They're not kind of uh, saying, oh, hang on, what's all this about? And the occasional person who does just need a little bit of a guide through it or, or that, you know, or they've run out of battery on the smartphone or whatever, yeah. that we, we can get around that with you, them using a spare device, which we've, we've brought along um, or something like that. Okay. You see, that, I think that's really interesting because I, I'm of an age when I remember, I remember a time before we had smartphones. I actually remember a time before we had the internet, Terry, can you believe that? Um, so th this is really important for me to remember as a training designer that the people I was designing for at the start of my career who would have been very suspicious and this would have been very difficult. Um, it's a new generation now mm. and it's all very, very normal and natural um, to them and the resistance perhaps isn't going to be there that maybe I would expect Yeah, in the reverse in fact sometimes a resistance to something that doesn't you know fit with their everyday way of doing things Yeah So yeah. have you seen any other ways that um, People are introducing, you know, maybe more mainstream tech almost with it within mm. workshops mm. Yeah so I think one of the ways to, to start to think about this is, is to start to think about it in terms of uh, some of the things that they can uh, replace or complement in terms of how we do things now. So, for instance, if you take 
uh, putting things on a flip chart. Uh, you know, yeah, I love a to, flip chart. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love a flip chart too in, it, in its place, absolutely. And I'm not uh, by any means uh, suggesting that we shut them out the window. Good. Um, at the same time, although one know, of my clients has done that, Terry. All right. One okay. of my clients has insisted on, on doing away with flip charts. So actually, I am now incredibly interested in what you're about to say. <laughs> is, is that because they have the hardware? They're like an interactive whiteboard piece of kit or? No, it's because oh. um, it's because they were worried about what was being left in rooms in terms of confidentiality. Uh, okay. Interesting. Well, I would have thought there were other ways besides just, you know, banning flip charts altogether <laughs> to try and get around that concern. But okay. Um, but I need a way around it, so enlighten hmm, me. <laughs> sure. Okay. Great. So yeah. Um, uh, so if you want to use something uh, now and again instead of flip chart, or to to complement it, uh, and thinking about the ways in which we often use flip charts to 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 kind of record ideas as discussions are going along, or for people to be able to bounce ideas off each other, or to hand the flip chart page or or or, or the whole flip chart over to them and get them to kind of create something, um, you can do most of those things using an interactive whiteboard app. Uh, which, right. for instance, you could, uh, so you have, you have an app uh, on either, again, each of the smartphones, or you bring along a few tablets and have those per group, for instance, or you can do it, you know, facilitated by you at the front using your screen and using your computer. So there's different ways that you could do that. But an app like, for example, um, one of the best ones is Explain Everything. It's an app called okay. Explain Everything. And, yeah, you can just, uh, on any of those devices, you know, an individual level, small group level, or you kind of facilitating it at the front, just get people to, uh, you know, shout out whatever they want to contribute and whoever's holding the kind of pen in inverted commas mm -hmm. um, just starts to put it there on the screen. Uh, and you, you've got something then that, you know, you can start uh, bringing all kinds of different, you can move things around as you're going. You can uh, save it, send it to all the participants. You can print it out. Um, you know, if you've got people doing it in uh, different syndicates around the room you can collect them all in on one screen at the front in order to discuss them and compare them um, you know, there's all kinds of things you can start to do which are a lot harder to do um, with just you know if it's just been on a flip chart in the first place well wow, that's that sounds amazing I, I would never know that you could do that um, at the risk of getting too technical um, do, you, do you do people all need to be on the same sort of platform to do that or all logged into the same system or is, are the apps really just very integrated? Mm, yeah, no, I mean, this, uh, the app that I'm talking about in particular, and most of its competitors, are, uh, as well as far as I've seen, um, follow the pattern, which, which a lot of the things I think we'll talk about today do, which is that uh, you only really need the one uh, license, as it were, right. uh, and then everybody else can just follow a link uh, to, to go straight into it. So wow. you, know, you just need to, 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 to buy into it. Um, and most of them uh, you know, have, a, have a free plan. Thing. Every, explain everything is, is like this. Um, you have a free plan uh, which is limited and if you want the more advanced version with more features then you, you pay a, a subscription yeah but then again if you're having to pay for your own flip charts how much do they cost <laughs> yeah so it's probably just much of a muchness isn't it sure yeah um and you can get uh, some uh, kind of integrated uh, apps that do that and more there's a really really good one which is actually kind of i think aimed at um education more it's more yeah. used in schools in fact rather than kind of uh, adult training but actually you know the way it's it's uh, put together is is really professional looking and i, and I think it'd be perfectly fine to use in, in, a, in a training room and it kind of it gives you that that facility to to get people working uh, separately or in groups on whiteboard type things 
but also to do quizzes, which, you know, you send, send these questions off to the different groups or to the individuals and then collate all the answers at the front and you can try and see how many percentage of people answered one thing or another thing. Um, cool. to get them to comment on videos. They all watch a video and they make comments which are kind of time-stamped by the video um, to kind of get people to answer questions and then send their answers to each other for them to comment on each other's answers. And that one's called Spiral. Um, Spiral? Hmm. I am making a note of that one because that sounds like that would be incredibly useful to my other half. All right. Um, he um, often has to get involved in doing, um, they call it teaching. Mm. Um, because they are unfortunately limited to lecture theatres. They have to, that's the only space they have available to them. So moving around in the way that we normally would is very limited. So is that's a, a, that would be a brilliant way to get people to engage without, you know, when you've got those restrictions. This is at the hospital where he works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's, there's a few of these actually that are developed and, and you know, they're, they're being used in one sector or in one group of people but, but perhaps could be used more widely yeah yeah just as you've been talking to it made me think of um a client i did work with um last year and we had dial in delegates mm. dialing into the training session which created a challenge for me um i got around it okay um because they obviously had the video conferencing but they use slack a lot as part of their everyday business and it's just occurred to me as you were talking that we could have had group discussions on slack Absolutely. And then rather than having to have the people who weren't in that office just having to sort of chip in at the end, because mm -hmm. they all use Slack all the time, it would have been so easy for them to yeah. do that. Definitely. I mean, if you think about uh, webinars that you've been involved in, uh, you know, you, there's always a little chat window and you've got your main conversation going on face to face, people talking to each other. But then if somebody has a little side comment, you can always put it in the little sidebar. And there's no reason why you couldn't do something similar in the classroom or to, to facilitate um, people who weren't actually there together with people who were yeah yeah really interesting so i'm sure you'll think of lots more examples actually as we chat about this because my head is already uh, you know just filling up with ideas and, and i'm nowhere near as experienced as you are in this but i know why i don't always embrace technology um but I, i'm going to hold my own thoughts back but why do you think that a lot of trainers perhaps resist this so I think there's some very understandable reasons. Uh, firstly, I mean, you've got to think about incorporating it into your design. We've spoken quite a bit between the two of us, Sheridan, about the fact that actually a lot of people don't really always uh, do full design where they're really thinking about all the different ways they could get a learning point across. You know, they've got sessions perhaps that they've been running for a long time and maybe they make incremental improvements. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think there's that, that, that actually it takes time to, to work out what's out there, how you could use it and build it into a well-designed session. Yeah. Especially uh, I think if you're a freelance, Terry, because there's, there's always that fear of if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure. Um, whereas maybe people in larger organizations can perhaps be a little bit more experimental. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think could that's be fair. an option. Hmm. I think as well, people worry about the the kind of uh, the, the the tech that's involved, the the actual hardware. So you know, uh, thinking about how am I actually going to get people working on whatever they're using, whether it's a tablet or a smartphone or whatever. And that one, I think, is less of an issue than people probably think. I think so many people have smartphones, which you know they have, and they make sure are charged throughout the day now that you can more or less rely on the, the vast majority of most audiences. I think having yeah. something. So long, you know, as long as you're not using some kind of 
app that uses that, that requires the latest version of the operating system or something like this. So as long as it's you know a relatively wide, uh, widely usable kind of app or or or, uh, or link or website that you're using, mm. most people will be able to access it. And all you need to do, I think, is perhaps just bring along a couple of spares. Um, yeah. Or if if you want to use tablets between groups, you know you could think, well, how many syndicate groups am I going to have? I'm going to have four, actually four relatively cheap tablets you know you can get some of the, some of their kind of amazon tablets for instance for you know kind of 50 60 pounds so yes it's not yeah. the, not the biggest expenditure in the world you're right it's not the layout it used to be is it mm. i suppose yeah. yeah good point and i think people do worry also about the kind of reliability of tech i guess is the other big one for for me um yeah you know, is, is it going to fail <laughs> yeah and, that's what's my big concern i can't get it to work <laughs> And I definitely get that. But I think if you do a lot of dry runs, uh, both in general and perhaps one before you start on the day, you know, you can minimize that. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you can have your plan B. You can say, OK, yeah. well, if the tech doesn't work, actually, I will run it via a flip chart or whatever. But, you know, you can still have your your plan A there. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good point, because that's what we have to remember that, you know, particularly as learning designers is the delegates don't know what's planned. So, um, and, and the facilitator is hopefully skillful enough to, you know, it's, it's like if something goes wrong in a play, isn't it? The audience won't know if it's recovered well. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, I suppose it is building that alternative in. Mm. Yeah. I think the one tech thing that you, you need to be uh, really sure on for, for a lot of these things is, is, is connectivity. So some kind of Wi-Fi network. Uh, it's, it's actually relatively easy to to use your phone most people's smartphones as a hotspot so if you yeah. can't get onto the company wi-fi where you are you know, use your own phone as a hotspot just make sure you're on a on a, a plan where your data is not going to cost you the earth yeah exactly that's what i was thinking before when you were talking about making sure that people have got the tech and even you know some of the clients i work with people would be nervous about using their own number their own data um but like you say if, if it was necessary there would probably be um, group tablets or phones that people could use cool okay that's great terry um are there any other apps or pieces of technology that you've come across that you think would be really useful for us to know about mm. yeah i think that uh again if you're thinking about what you're going to perhaps replace or, or, or complement uh if you're talking about a group discussion then you know there are a lot of voting apps or even bits of hardware actually but you know rather than having extra hardware to bring along i, I generally prefer an app myself yeah um there's apps like vox votes where again just really but really easily giving people a link you can link them into your network and show up on the screen which of x number of options they've all voted for out of a certain one whether that's you know answering a question okay 37 percent of people think that this is the answer or whether it's about preferences and you can make it a little bit more convex as well. You can get, you know, use that to, to get them to, to rank things, you know, which, which of these would be the most effective solution out of these five in order, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, you can do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I um, can see that being really useful with, particularly if you've got a large group. Mm, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I can see that being very useful so everyone's feeling engaged. Mm. And I think what it, what it does is, yeah, make sure everyone's engaged. You know, it gives people uh, that kind of quiet, quiet person uh, a bit more of a chance to voice whatever they're thinking uh, make sure yeah. you're not missing anything yeah 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 i can definitely see um see the advantage of that as opposed to more traditional methods where we do kind of rely on somebody you know being willing to stand up and present the thoughts back of their group and you tend to hear the same voices all the time so mm -hmm. yeah i can see that being quite a useful alternative 
yeah and you know if it's a, a if it's a text response which is another thing you can do you can kind of look at the ones you've got and highlight some of them on the screen so bring this one up for discussion or that one up for discussion uh so yeah there's something around discussion kind of replacements if you like that i think even you know we talked about the fact that actually just showing a video isn't really kind of that um that that kind of uh, cutting edge i guess uh, but I, th I think you know sometimes people uh you, you do you do your I, i'm 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 the, I'm the facilitator talking at the front kind of thing yeah but actually if you want to replace some of that with a bit of a video it doesn't always have to rely on there being some kind of video out there that you can buy that's exactly on point um you can do all kinds of things that perhaps people aren't really always thinking about like using some kind of screen capture if it's anything at all that can be shown on a screen you can get lots of uh, apps that will capture your screen and show what you're doing so you can just record a video of you doing it the right way or you showing what's available on a certain website or whatever and of course yeah pop, pop that in as a video you can use uh, really really easy to use animation uh websites and apps that, that will put together a kind of animated explainer that just has all kinds of cartoon characters or different uh animations to show a particular point in a kind of interesting kind of way have you um, used one of those yourself or have you just seen them other people using them yeah i mean my favorite is biteable i think on biteable you can produce some really professional looking stuff without any real technical knowledge um it's just a question of choosing templates moving elements around putting labels to them and you end up with something like that looks like it was you know created by um the creators of wallace and gromit or something almost no way almost almost <laughs> I am going to lose days checking out all these things that you're recommending. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's some good stuff there. And even, you know, just, just I think, thinking about what tech is out there and what would look a little bit different or, or, or show a point in a good way. Uh, you know, I, I've used a GoPro. Um, so GoPro, you know, usually you used to show people doing their, their, their kind of uh, their skiing holiday, sk ski yeah, yeah. attaching it to their forehead and skiing down the mountain. But why not put it to your forehead while you're going through the motions of doing something? And then put it up on the screen so you can see that, you know, first person point of view of this is how you do that thing. Wow. That's, that's pretty brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you can do as many takes as you like until you get it right. <laughs> no, but you're right. It's just, um, I think it's like anything to do with, with training design. I think there is a, a tendency for us as designers to stick to what we know mm. works, what we feel comfortable with, what's tried and tested. Um, although sometimes as we're not always the one that facilitates it, maybe we do push things a little bit. Yeah. It sounds really interesting. It's almost like things are, I haven't heard of half these things that you're talking about. <laughs> I've heard of some of them, um, which just goes to show how quickly, um, things are appearing, but also how quickly things are moving on. Because I think with, with some of these, um, yes, I've had a look at them, but maybe that was a couple of years ago. And I thought, oh, that's too expensive or that's too complicated. Therefore, I'll just forget it. But listening to what you're saying is things have moved on a lot, even in just a couple of years. Mm. Yeah. And I think on the affordability front, the, 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 the subscription model that is almost everywhere now for, for apps and programs and websites, services, it, it makes things affordable to try. You know, it's not yeah. going to have to have a huge initial outlay. I mean, yeah, if you want to go and buy a GoPro, then, okay, that's a big initial outlay. But if you want to sign up for some of the things you mentioned, like Explain Everything or Spiral, most of them you can do on a free. If you can't do it on a free, you can sign up month by month, see how it's going, uh, unsubscribe if it's not working. And yeah, I mean, when, yeah. when I say you, that might be you as the designer or get your organization to if they're happy to commit to that. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. 
so to, to somebody who is um let's say behind the curve and technology to put it politely and, and i do have good reasons for that um but i am behind the curve so what advice would you give to somebody like me who maybe wants to start embracing technology um but as you say without it taking over my life <laughs> I mean, you could take any of the, the uh, kind of apps or types of apps uh, that we've talked about today and just start having a look at them. You know, if you go on to, um, if, if you Google them, most of them have got kind of videos that show how they're being used. They're showing them being used in the classroom, uh, you know, both kind of adult learning and also a lot of them uh, with kids. You know, uh, and, and you, can, you can kind of really get a feel for, oh, yeah, okay, I see they're using that to show that learning point. They're using that to draw that kind of discussion out of people. And, you know, that can give you, I think, you know, they're really keen, obviously. I mean, they're, they're trying to sell you. They're trying, yeah, they're trying yeah. to get you to buy in. But, but it can give you lots of ideas. Um, I think if you start looking at more and more of those kind of things, you can see the ways they're being used. And if, if your brain works anything like me, as soon as you start to see that, you say, ah, actually, I've got this learning point back here or I've got this, uh, you know, objective over here. And actually, you know, A plus B equals C. Yeah. No, that's that's actually very very helpful because I think my gut instinct would be to say, how can I, you know, how do I do it? Um, and that's actually the wrong place to start. It, it is about what what could we use, what could mm. we use this for, and identify that first, and then work out how to use it. Mm. Um, rather than I think that's perhaps where we get the shiny object syndrome, isn't it? Where <laughs> start at the wrong place almost and think oh this this is cool um i'll work it out and then i'll shoehorn it into something somewhere yeah um, yeah absolutely and i also think that when you get to the how-to it's a lot easier than it used to be i remember i remember when i uh bought a copy of quark express which is a a really old publishing program that was like for 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 producing uh kind of professional quality uh documents and publishing uh you i know, remember that mm. i didn't use it myself but we had desktop publishers where i used to work and i'm fairly sure they used it i'm sure they will have yeah and yeah. and the, the manual the manual you 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 could have killed people with literally yeah. and um and it, it you know it just was really really daunting to have to flick through this manual and try and work out how to do everything and, and it's just just this kind of whole really slow, uh, you know, energy sapping process. Um, and now they, uh, you know, those kind of programs don't even ship with a manual. They, they, no. uh, they, they, they rely on the video tutorials. Uh, you know, you go online, you learn how to do everything by watching other people do it. Yeah. 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 So, and the answers are out there, aren't they? Mm. Like you say, there's that many places now where we can get help, um, and, and learn how to do things. And, you know, we don't have to, try things out in the live environment i guess if mm. you can find a a colleague or um you know some some friendly guinea pigs somewhere who who will let you try things out i know it's that's something that i rely on a lot mm. um, it's just trying to, to find people who will help me in exchange for helping them with something else mm. i guess that does give rise to something though that if, uh, if you are designing for other people um then there is an extra step here if you're using technology to make sure that you're giving them all the advice or resource that they need, uh, the facilitator who, you know, who perhaps doesn't know this piece of uh, tech sure. or kit, um, so that they are able to do it, which uh, I think is, is perfectly doable, but it's just an extra thing to think about. Yeah, and I guess it's, it links into the whole research piece as well, doesn't it? Because, you know, again, when we go to client premises, you know, are they able to support it? Are they, you know, it's just part of that whole research 
um, phase, not only for the delegates, but you, as you quite rightly say, for the facilitator as well. Okay, anything else that we can use in the classroom to bring together technology and more traditional methods? Yeah, I mean, I could talk about this all day, but uh, I'll give you a few more highlights. We could, we could do volume two, Terry, on we another could. day. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could. I think one of the things that I've made, been able to work really well is uh, using programs to put together a kind of choose your own adventure scenario. So <gasps> if you remember those kind of choose your own adventure books. I do, I love those. Yeah, you'd be like uh, holding your hand in the page just to check you were going the right way <laughs> while you were going from, you know, it turns a page 20 or whatever. Um, but yeah, you've got programs, uh, apps, uh, websites where you can set out a scenario and rather than just giving people a case study in the, in the training room and saying, okay, tell us what you do here. Uh, yeah. You can give them a series of stages and you can have a branching kind of decision tree in your in your mind as you're designing but then actually you, you put it into 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 reality so that they get part a of the uh of the scenario and they have three choices and they don't have to turn to a page to get their choice they click and they go through to the next part of the scenario and they click on their choice each time um to get them through to you know so to have their choices really make a difference to to, to, to their outcomes uh, i use that really uh, that, that works really really well in a training session that i was designing on disciplinary uh, and, and how, how to make disciplinary work with an oh, organization yeah. um, exactly because perfect. yeah because it's quite process-based you know it's like okay am I doing the right thing is it going to get a good response from the person is it going to get me into trouble with HR that kind of thing yeah 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 so you've actually designed <clears throat> that exercise using some technology mm, yeah so the one I'd recommend is twine uh, mm, it's really easy to use there, there are a lot of them out there that actually rely a little tiny bit on programming language which is going to cut a lot of people right out <laughs> they're going to lose me right there yeah. um, <laughs> but, but twine is a website where you can it, it kind of helps you through it just uh, you know you can click into whichever part of the branching choices you want to write a bit of text for and you can very easily tell it you know which uh, other bit of text the two choices that you're giving them will lead to um, and just put it together like that and then, yeah, you'll, you'll create this thing which you can then present to them and have them work their way through the choices. That sounds amazing. Um, and a really good way to help uh, reduce our reliance on paper and trees as well. Because mm. I'm always being told that we, we, we want to stop cutting down the trees, which is admirable and something we should definitely be aiming for. Um, yeah. I'm guessing that something like that, Terry, that could as well as being used in the classroom where obviously with the, the a lot of the learning comes from the debrief. Mm. Um, so, so that element is still very much there, but I'm guessing could that be used as standalone as well as, as, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you could use that as a as a piece of uh, kind of micro learning, uh, just mm. something that people do at their desk. Uh, you could use that as part of a blended program, definitely part of an online course. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, that's that. That sounds really. I've made I've made a list of so many things. You're going to have to put all of these websites in the show notes because um, I, I think I've captured most of them, but I'm bound to have missed one or two. Sure. No, absolutely. Um, I think actually that, that that brings me on to something that I think is 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 really worth thinking about with all this. I mean, we have focused on how this stuff can be used in the classroom, but a lot of it, yeah. as well as being used separately, can also be used in kind of pre-course or post-course, particularly something like we mentioned earlier about kind of these uh, apps that allow people to interact together on a, on a whiteboard or on commenting on a video or something like that you, know, you can set that up to absolutely happen live in the classroom but you can also set it up for them to do together as a piece yes. of work after the session yes yeah yeah oh that's a really good idea isn't it because it encourages that accountability mm. um which is what we 
well, well certainly what drives me in as, as a learning professional is helping people to do something differently as a mm. result of their training so it just helps again with that yeah and as soon as you start thinking in this field i think you can start to bring all kinds of different things that bring that just something different into play so for instance if you're wanting people to do some piece of post work that that kind of drew together and summarized their learning rather than saying something really straightforward like draw together and summarize your learning you could say to them uh, create a wiki create a wikipedia yeah. page type thing on this topic you know yeah. and do that in, in a in a way that you're all kind of you know, maybe, maybe as you said earlier, using something like Slack or some kind of communication methods to, to all coordinate what you're doing on it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So I just have one question, mm. Terry, because I am genuinely um, intrigued by all of this and I know it's something that I need to develop personally. Is it very time consuming to design via technology? Is it more con time consuming than to design as I would typically just by opening something like session lab or even word? I think, well, I think there's two ways in which it could be more time consuming. It's certainly if it's new, it's going to be yeah. more time consuming. So if you're having of to course. learn it uh, and put something different into play, then yeah. Once you get beyond that, I'm not sure that it should necessarily be any, any more time consuming. I think it might end up on average being more time consuming because it's allowing you to do more. You know, if, if, yeah. if your design is just to say, get together as a group or to tell, tell, tell the, your, your delegates to get together as a group and discuss this and then put their answers on a flip chart, that's not going to take you very long at all. If you're having yeah. to, to think things through and say, okay, how they're going to use this, uh, this app in, to interact to bring that learning point out is, is this way that I've not really used before, then yeah, that's going to take a little bit longer. But I think you're probably in many cases going to get that investment back as a return. Yeah. Yeah, good point, actually, because just thinking um, even now I'm, I'm working with a new client who um, I've, I've always used Microsoft Office documents and I can use them, you know, very, very well, very, very quickly. And this client sends everything over in Google Docs. Now, on the face of it, it's exactly the same, but it's not. Um, so it's taking me longer to design because I'm having to use an unfamiliar package. But, you know, as, as you say, with anything, once you get familiar with the package, it won't slow me down. So mm. I guess it, this comes back to the point that you made right at the start. It's about finding the apps that will do what we want to do in terms mm. of enhancing the learning and maybe replacing and then learning how to use those well rather than trying to do everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we don't want to try and do it all at once. We don't want to try and do everything. We can definitely have a session that is 80, 90 percent familiar methods but then is using something different uh, to just kind of spice things up or take advantage of a particular opportunity yeah yeah and i think that's a, that's a really good way to start introducing technology isn't it um, like i say it's just adding that extra little uh, extra bit of variety um, mm. that we wouldn't normally get and if there are people in the room as there often are when i run training because i tend to work with more traditional uh, sectors that may be a little bit resistant it's not too much mm. yeah absolutely um, yeah and of course the young folk in the room can show their expertise <laughs> and, and help help the others out cool that's really really interesting um is there anything else you want to add before we maybe summarize any top tips i think i've covered quite a lot of ground there i, I would say just in general just think about if there is an alternative uh, even basic stuff like you know powerpoint there is alternatives. There's uh, programs like Prezi and Sway that are doing more or less the same thing, but just in a slightly different way. Yeah. 
workbooks uh, printed out, you know, is a PDF that they can uh, amend on their, on their screen if, if they have a device, is that going to be something we can use? In some cases, no, but just yeah. ask yourself the question, I think. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. It stops us becoming stale as hmm. learning designers, doesn't it? Just how could I do this differently? Uh, that's, that's a great question to ask ourselves. If we were titling these these podcasts, I think we would call this one, How Could I Do This Differently? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Terry, that's really, really interesting. You've given me so much to think about, and I'm just trying to sort of summarise my thoughts um, as to what I've learned from you. I think the first thing, and I don't know how best to phrase this, is that we we should be led by the need rather than led by the app rather than thinking, oh, that's a cool app, how can I use it? We should think about what do I need an app to do and find the right app that will do the job that we want it to do. Otherwise, we're going to get stuck into shiny object syndrome. Sure. I think from, my, from being quite a cautious adopter, I think I would need to use what's already in common use, particularly with a client. So if they are familiar with using interactive whiteboards or Slack or whatever it is, um, let's they're comfortable using it so I don't need to worry about it the facilitator doesn't need to worry about it because they can the delegates will almost lead the way with it so let's not push uphill let's use what's already out there and I think it's very important that we test it don't I think I've kind of alluded to this the first point really is, is don't use it for the sake of using it hmm. um, and I think this is perhaps something that we sometimes do get accused of is jumping on what's what's new just for the sake of it so where it will add value or it isn't a good alternative yeah let's start mixing up our learning design and, and mixing up the classroom experience um mm. but do it bit by bit mm. um so yeah that's that's really really helpful thank you very much i'm going to go scurry away and, and look at all these various things you've recommended to me now great good glad to uh given you some food for thought yeah and maybe just to to kind of cap it off i think it's it's worth bringing it back to what one of the things we said to begin with which was about uh why we're doing it you know the the, the the these two big things about how it looks to people so i think if we you know incorporate some of the things you just said and, and some of the things we've been talking about it's going to make it just stand out from the crowd a little bit and then it's going to give us the opportunity to do things that we couldn't have done if we hadn't uh, embraced something a little bit new in terms of actually ways to get at learning uh, and bring about some of the benefits. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess it's going to reflect the new modern way of working, isn't it? Hmm. Um, remote workers and remote teams and things like that. Yeah, definitely. So, excellent stuff. So you've heard a lot from me. We always try and make sure we cover a couple of different topics uh, on each episode. Embracing technology in workshop design was what I was all about today. Uh, what's been at the top of your mind recently, Sheridan? Um, it's, it's been one of those sort of weird weeks when I'll be honest with you, Terry, nothing's really jumped out at me. So I'm going to go back a, a week or two. Um, and I, and I suddenly noticed, um, a lot of posts about formalizing informal learning. And I, th these sorts of things always capture my attention because they, they, they sound to me like new labels for old things. Um, so I'm always interested to see, um, how things are being reinvented. I quite like this. Um, it is something that's been around forever, in my opinion, probably because I've been around forever. But I'm really <laughs> pleased that it's coming back to the to the fore. 
um, because there is a big movement to say we should be moving away from formal learning, whether it's e-learning or classroom-based, and I totally understand that. And people you know, should be doing self-serve learning. Again, I understand where that's coming from, but um, there does need to be a balance um, in that we can't just let people loose to learn what they want, when they want, how they want. <laughs> but, you know, in large organisations, people need to know that certain things have been covered by training and been signed off. Um, so this whole formalising informal learning has really caught my attention and it's something that I've done for years um, when I've been designing induction programmes. Um, and at its very simplest, it's a checklist. It's one of these things, again, that sounds very complicated and sounds very grand, but at its simplest form, it is a checklist. So these are the things that we either need you to be able to do or we need you to find out about, we need you to learn. Here are some ways you can do that over to you. And I think, again, it's just one of those really simple things that as learning designers, um, we, we can definitely embrace that because we don't need to design everything from scratch these days. Corp and large corporates don't want to do that. They've got an awful lot of in-house material. Um, it's costly to do that. And as you know, things go out of date very, very quickly. But if we are expecting learners to just go out there and find their own learning it, amongst this massive um, range of stuff that, that's out there in all its formats, I think we're setting people up to fail. Mm. So um, that is just a phrase that I thought, yep, that's what I did all those years ago. I like that. You are telling people kind of what they need to do, but you're not being prescriptive about how they do it. And in my experience, certainly most people, you know, who are they're reasonably intelligent, they're motivated at work, they want to do a good job. If you can give them, if you can point them in the right, right direction and say, look, there's some resources over there, you know, go and sort yourself out. Nine times out of 10, they will. Mm. Um, so I just thought not necessarily from a learning designer's perspective, but definitely from an L&D professional's perspective that is something that we maybe could harness a little bit more. So that's just what caught my attention, I suppose, recently. Mm, no, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I think, well, you say not from a learning designer's perspective, but actually I think something we probably need to keep in mind as learning designers is we, we don't have to make things really structured and, and put loads of, uh, you know, loads of direction and, and structure and content in there ourselves. If we mm. design a big space, for them to work in in a free form kind of way then that's that's a, if that's the best way to do that part of the session or do that part of the the program then that great that's us learning design we don't have to earn our keep by jumping through lots and lots of hoops yeah yeah and it, and it's very much in line with sort of our role as a curator as well as a designer mm. isn't it because we we do tend to jump into that role quite a lot as well and i know we've discussed this before particularly when it's it's developmental rather than part of a mandatory program, mm. for example, that might actually be a more appropriate way to do it. And or also when things are very like inductions, where things are very, very specific to a role, um, mm. it would be ludicrous to try and write um, an induction program for every single role within an organization. But we know that there are certain things that they need to learn. So we can just signpost um, whether that's like uh, you know, say um, a wiki on on the website, whether there's a YouTube video, whether it's go and make an appointment with Bob, you know, and Bob will talk you through this. Um, mm. There's lots of different things that we can do, um, which will actually help to keep the learning up to date, 
um, will reduce the time it takes um, and keep it varied as well, I think. So less resource intensive as well. So I just, I like that as a phrase. It, it makes sense to me as someone who values practicality above all else, I think. Mm. Um, just as a thought, is that something that we could and should be doing more of? Yeah, I think so. And you can combine that with the main topic from today by, um, you know, uh, giving them some tablets and getting them to go off and do it in a corner of the room and come back with their findings in the session. Oh, yes. <laughs> See, I was paying attention, not just making notes. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, so I think uh, we are about at the end of our times for today, aren't we? I think we are. So uh, we've been... Terry Pierce and Sheridan Webb and you can get into touch with us uh, we'd love you to get into touch with us there's definitely uh, you know loads we'd love to hear from you how did you find the stuff today if you've had any experiences with it yourselves um, if there's anything you'd like to see on future programs as well we'd love some discussion on the podcast's Facebook page so just search for the training design podcast on Facebook and let us know there your thoughts on the podcast itself on the topics we've been discussing or on anything else you think we'd like to hear about uh, also, if you want to connect with either or both of us individually, that would be great. Uh, just just drop us a line. You can find me on LinkedIn just by searching for Terry Pierce on LinkedIn, or uh, you can find me via my website, uh, which is www.360learningdesign.com. And Sheridan? Um, likewise, um, I'm there on LinkedIn. I tend to be on there most days, so I've got an unusual name I'm easy to find. Um, and also, if you do a Facebook search for the Training Designers Club, you can join the free Facebook group there. Um, and when this podcast goes out, I'm sure there'll be lots and lots of discussions all about the various technology and apps that we can use in our learning design. Fantastic. It's been a pleasure, Sharon. Okay, as always, Terry, lovely to talk to you. I always learn something when I talk to you, which is amazing. <laughs> see you next time. Okay, see you, Terry. Mm -hmm.